Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And Amber is not here tonight. Nope. She is at work. Yes, we work. We work way too much. That's okay, though. We're going to do this thing. I had the chance and pleasure, again, to talk to one by the name of Mr. David Bone, straight from Scotland. He was here, if you guys remember, with us back in December of last year, 2019, uh, and we chatted about some Christmas stuff and the loneliness and the reflection that is Christmas and the weirdness that can come from Christmas as a result of those those things that happen with humans, with us, us bipedal bags of water. Uh, we had such a great time talking to him that we asked him if he wanted to join us again, and he was nice enough to do that because he's from Scotland, and he's got some pretty interesting stories about the UK and ghost stories and things like that and you know ideas about what may be happening out there. Uh, so we jumped at the chance to talk to him again, and he was nice enough to come and join us. Uh, just in case you guys forgot, uh, Mr. David Bone is a graduate of U- the University of Stirling and holds a BA in politics. His writing interests include British and Scottish politics, international relations, ideologies, megatrends, technology, and the paranormal. His work has been published on the Scotsman newspaper based in Edinburgh. The Backbencher, The Best of Africa, The Intern Lunch, Daryl, The Millard, and the technology site Curious Droid. Guys, please enjoy my discussion with Mr. David Bone. Here we are again, David. Thank you again for joining us uh, here on Ghostly Talk. Okay, thank you for having me. Yeah, and we got a lot of cool stuff to cover here because not only you know do you have this introspect on Christmas, which we talked about last time, but you do have you know you, you've done some studying here on you know as far as the British Isles and the UK and UK ghosts, which I know Amber and I find absolutely fascinating. Um, I think you know what when I when I thought about what. I was, what you know, what we we're going to chat about here today, One, a book that came to mind, and our listening audience is going to crack up the people that have, listening, have listened to this show for a number of years. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the books that, my first book that I was ever introduced to was, you know, that really introduced me to the, to the ghosts and paranormal type stuff was a book called Haunted Houses by a man named Larry Kettlecamp. Uh, and it's just this little book. It's maybe only about maybe 100 pages, you know, larger text. But it was a really cool book. Um, and the, one of the first stories in there was the Borley Rectory, which I think that's, that's a UK haunt, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, you're familiar with the Borley Rectory, am I correct? Yeah, I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and that just, when I thought about this today, that book popped in my brain, which always makes me happy because it was like my first book I ever read on mm-hmm. the paranormal, but it had a lot of UK stuff. Now, but let's start, you know, going off of that, though, let's start with the British Isles, though, because 
and I was kind of going preparing for this thing and and looked at what you had to say too, and um, the British the, the British Isles has a history that stretches back to prehistoric times, which kind of like made me melt down. Can you please tell me about this? Because I had no idea about. I didn't know the British Isles were that old, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the first sort of um, kind of people to live here, I think, it was about thirty thousand years ago. You think, and possibly a bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, I mean, you're talking about yeah, I mean, prehistory, kind of way, way back, um, and it's been continuously populated since then. I think that sort of leads in. You know, I think. A lot, of people, a lot of people have lived here and died here and worked here and occupied here and I think that yeah. sort of leads into the sort of history and the paranormal and yeah. and that kind of thing. Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting idea what you just said there too because I mean, old, I mean typically uh, when it comes to hauntings, it seems like older locations seem to have the most activity or they, you know, they have the most reported mm-hmm. activity, I guess. So... Like taking an angle on that and looking at what may cause a haunt. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a no brainer that uh, anybody who has any kind of experience studying the paranormal, studying ghosts, they they're going to tell you that you become more of a history historian sometimes than you become, you know, an actual like you know paranormal nerd. <laughs> I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You, you, you spend a lot of time studying history. So with 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 the British Isles having you know this much history. This is, you know, it seems like this would be a very logical thing to think, okay, well, yeah, it's a very old place. Like you said, lots of people have died mm-hmm. here. There's been a lot of things, a lot of heavy stuff that's went down here also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and going into that idea too, just uh, I've said this a lot, especially about, you know, the UK, uh, you know, uh, the stones and, you know, the, the particular stones that are there and also just some of the stuff that's went down in some of those places. So th- that combination right there. Is I think what kind of makes all these you know makes the UK a, a hotbed it seems like for paranormal activity. Um, as far as you know, uh, cultures and myths also right. Um, you, you mentioned this this is as far as the British Isles cultures myths, uh, Celtic people Germ- Germanic you know, the Germanic influence. So there's been you know going back to the history thing, there's been just this also a melting pot here. So you have lots a fusion of cultures. Uh, which, which, according to you, uh, leads to this diverse fusion of hauntings, myths, and ghosts. Yeah, because it seems like you have all these different people coming to one place. You know, and, it, and, and the UK kind of is a mixture. I mean, you know, and if you could tell me, like, as far as the UK is concerned, like, you know, obviously the US here, right? I mean, this is the ultimate melting pot here in the US, right? Is mm-hmm. it, is there a mixture of cultures? Like, I mean, I think there is in the UK. There's there. I know there's a there's a you know a lot of different cultures there too, right? Yeah, I mean, I think from sort of ancient, more ancient times, we've had sort of immigration from the sort of Scandinavian countries, then there was sort of uh, Germanic countries. Yeah, uh, there was kind of Celtic people. There was people from kind of the Basque region of Spain, but sort of here as well. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and again, I think that's and even more recently, uh, obviously due to the British Empire, there's been a wave of um, sort of African immigration. And sort of Asian immigration as well. Yeah. Uh, so as and also there's the diversity within the four home nations of the UK. I mean, you've got like Scotland, Wales, England, and and the Irish and or Northern Ireland. Uh, Ireland was part of obviously the UK until 1922. Yeah. But, um, and there's there's those each. Each nation has their own myths as well within that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just sort of just very diverse. And even just researching for this uh, this talk with yourself, there was um, there's increases of instances instances of witchcraft, and it's due to African like African 
immigration okay. in the sort of African population, and especially in London. I think there was like 50 reported cases in 2015 of sort of witchcraft-related stuff. So, really? yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's definitely a melting pot of, of cultures and history and 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 thus hauntings and that that kind of thing. Oh wow! I, I, now now, as far as places there too, let's talk about some uh, some places if you care to share. Uh, some of the places that you may have been exposed to or researched as far as you know, haunted locations. Uh, what, have you been to any? I mean, I know you've been out and about there. Have you been to any certain locations there in, in your area? I mean, I know you're in Scotland, right? So, I mean, I wonder if you have, have you traveled, traveled abroad and went to any other locations there? Any, any places? Uh, not, not abroad. I mean, I've been to sort of a, a, I mean, again, that what I was going to talk about is um, the kind of continuity. I mean, there's, there's pubs and public houses in the UK. I mean, they're from like the 1200s. My God. You know, there's, there's that connection with the past and, uh, and there's got a lot of them are haunted as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Britain's full of ruins and, and everyone has its own sort of story of ghosts and it's tied in with sort of larger history. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just that kind of thing. Um what, it's, you, it's just it's just so diverse. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been. I mean, Edinburgh in particular has um, kind of what's it called? It's Mary King's Close, and there's a haunted. They leave they leave um, sort of toys out for this ghost. One woman saw a ghost at some point. I have a child, uh-huh. and to this, and now they start leaving sort of little trinkets out and dolls for it. Okay, and this is an. Um, you said this is in Edinburgh. Yeah, yep. And there's a famous poltergeist in Edinburgh called the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Okay, yeah, I, I'm actually familiar uh, with that. Which is, is very well known. Uh, you can you can go you can do, you can do a tour um, of of this, this sort of area, and you can go into you know where this. Sort of, I didn't feel anything myself, but yeah. it's still very spooky, and and I'm sure some people do. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm saying it's tied in. I mean, the British Isles has got such a bloody history as well. I mean, they've got things like, um, I mean, there's been like constant wars between between nations, especially Scotland and England. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of rebellions, I mean, witch hunts, the Black Death in particular. I mean, it's, that decimated the UK. I mean, it was, um, you know, I think it killed about 50% of the population at the time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to this day, they're still finding, they still find mass graves of plague victims. Oh, my God. And the one they found one just fairly recently in a place called Lancashire, and it was like a it was a forty three sort of just a mass grave of forty three bodies. So they st- they still find these usually during construction projects. So I mean that's quite kind of creepy as well. You know you're finding sort of like mass graves from the thirteen hundreds. Well yeah, uh, just 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 you know just just making construction projects and tunnels and stuff and that kind of thing. It's the last thing you're gonna uh, think you're gonna you know. Come up, come upon when you're just trying to dig out a foundation for a building you're trying to. Yeah, build. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, now talking about all this stuff, I mean, and yeah, you mentioned a handful of things there. You know, uh, you know, the bloody history, rebellions, uh, you know, witch hunts. Uh, I mean, Black Death. I mean, all these things we're talking about here. Uh, why do you think that? To, to kind of get into this a little bit, because this is something you know, and I've talked to a lot of people, especially about the UK, and I mentioned a little bit about this a few minutes ago. So you have all these, let's say, tragic events, uh, sad events, uh, angry events. I mean, it, to me, it's, it's, this, it's this cornucopia of emotions, right? And now, we, as we both know, the, uh, the British Isles, the UK, I mean, they are absolutely a hotbed, as I said, for paranormal activity. I guess the question I have, or something just to jog our, our minds a little bit is, 
I think there's something with the stone. <clears throat> you, you have a lot of quartz, I think, that, and there's a lot of quartz that was used to build castles, if I'm correct there. Mm-hmm. And as we know, that's a that's a that's a conductor. It's a you know I, I, they say it's a psychic conductor. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, as far as what to me there has to be some type of catalyst, right, to create this this mm-hmm. energy that would create these occurrences and haunts. What are your thoughts on that, David? Yeah, I mean that sounds like very similar to I mean uh, like ley lines and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You know, like sort of lines of sort of energy. Yeah. Um, I think I believe Stonehenge is built on one. Yeah. And there's areas throughout the uh, kind of mystical sites in the UK uh, built throughout one. So yeah, that's that's definitely something. And then of course these things, I think the paranormal incidents increased around these areas. Uh, I mean, there's places called I think it's Canic Chase down in England. Okay. And it's a kind of it's known for like black eyed kids, and they see it so on a sort of ley line, this sort of line of power, and that kind of thing. And yeah, uh, yeah. So there maybe there'll be something in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you said black. Did you say black eyed kids? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me all about this. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard about this before. Now, and you um, said go ahead. It's just it's a it's a kind of forest region, and it's called Canic Chase. And there was a report. It was a few years ago, and it was of a, of a, of a man who there were sightings of black-eyed children, which which I thought was a, a, a kind of American thing. Really, <laughs> I didn't think it had been here, but yeah, apparently, yeah. I was just uh, looking into that, kind of this. It was a couple couple of days ago. I'd, okay. I'd never heard of it before, but um, yeah. So they've they've came over here as well. So and and they they they, they just kind of hang out. I mean, they, they just see these children that have black eyes. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the one. I, I think it was what's it was not a podcast I had on. It was um, it's sort of people they tend to come knocking the door at night time. It's kind of black eyed children and stuff. Oh, come on. And they don't quite know Ooh. what they are or what's going on or you know. Yeah, well, leave me alone. <laughs> that's all I'd say to yeah, them. Leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think theories range from like their. Sort of you know demons to sort of you know aliens or but um, yeah they've, they've they've been reported in the UK but I think it's more of an American thing but I might yeah. be wrong in that yeah yeah now you were now you said too in the obviously in the UK we we talked about we focused on the age of this so far right as far as the age of things and the history we have there which I mean I do think is a is a large part of the reason we you know there's so many reportings there and and myths like you said before um, but locally. You know, even where you're at, uh, you know, houses in the UK, they're, I mean, just locally, they're over, they can be over 150 years old, which, I mean, that's damn near the age of the country I live in. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it's give or take, you know, 50, 60 years, but, but, you know, it's like, okay, to me, that's kind of an amazing thing too, because, uh, you know, and, like Amber, for example, she's a she's a really big building buff. So, and, mm-hmm. and I do appreciate. I, the older I get, the more I appreciate history, and I appreciate structures, uh, especially old structures that people built most likely with their hands. They weren't, you know, automate the automated method of building they have now. Mm-hmm. But they were, and they and the reason I, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people will agree with me on this is you know, these were some structures that were built for the intent of them never to be taken down again. <laughs> they were, yep. they were, they were built yeah, to never be they're they were, built to last. <laughs> yeah. They were built. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I could, I could die. I mean, I, they were just built more or less, I think to never with no idea, like with the idea, like, okay, we're building this cause we don't ever want to, you know, it, it'll last forever. That's what the idea is here. In fact, um, 
there's uh the Whitney downtown here in Detroit. There's this building called the it, it's it's a restaurant now, but it was it belonged to a man named Whitney. And I you know I'm not the history guy. Amber is, but we talked to people there. We went there and visited one night, and and, and they have a they have a nice little uh, martini bar and stuff upstairs. So we were chatting with some of the people that work there, and they were telling us about the history. And it, and to drive this point home. Um, Basically, they have talked about you know leveling this this structure, but they said that it's so well built and so well reinforced with the girders. That it was like triple, mm-hmm. triple reinforced with the girders, right? They're like it would cost like three million dollars to take it down, and it would take them like two years to take it down. And they're like, that just isn't economically feasible for us to do that. We might as well just leave it here <laughs> because you just can't destroy it. It's just been built too well. Right. So that's a long winded way of me uh, talking about, you know, structures and stuff like that. Um, and it seems like, you know, obviously in the UK, the the structures there don't get torn down very often. And you say, as a matter of fact, I think you say here, you mentioned that uh, the house you live in, it's it, it's about 150 years old. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was built about the 1850s. So uh, it's fairly old. In the UK, they have. Um, I don't know what they have in the US, but it's uh, they have a, we call them listed buildings. Yeah. So if it's over a certain age, you can't really modify it. You can't really you can't really knock it down very easily unless it's a danger it's a danger to public health. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of buildings in the UK are yeah over over a hundred years. I mean, some are, I mean, I think the place where I work, I think the office is about two hundred years old. Oh my I think it was um, built probably the late seventeen hundreds. I think. Oh, wow. It looks kind of Georgian. Um, so yeah, you, you can't just knock stuff down. In the UK, so which, uh, well, obviously, and that creates an environment. You yeah, know, yeah. About, and it creates yeah. a whole sort of environment of sort of older buildings, and and I mean, and people have lived in them again. And I mean, it, it sounds kind of grim, but you won't be the last person to live in the building. Yeah. I mean, for example, I was um, I was actually lying in bed. I think it was a few months ago, and I was just scrolling through Facebook in my mobile phone, and there was a pit. Someone put a picture of my street, and it was my house. But it was from like nineteen hundreds. Oh wow! And it could, yeah, and it kind of it just randomly happened. And I was sort of lying in this. I could see the room I was lying in the bed in, and it it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was, you know, I thought, well, God, somebody was taking a picture of me in hundred, you know, this room in hundred years' time, and I won't be here. And it kind of, um, it kind of made me think about these things, you yeah. know. And it's, um, well, it's, it makes uh, you, you think really, about you don't get that in a modern build of house. Or, no, you don't. No, you 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 know you. you... You know, that's the weird thing is we were, we were, I mean, when it comes to old, and it's something I'm trying to get over, like I'm trying to understand, because this is not only for buildings, but it comes to like, you know, here in the, in the States, you know, we're big on our vehicles. We're big on cars. We got lots of mm-hmm. automobiles here. And, you know, there's the classic automobile. We, we consider the classic, you know, muscle cars and stuff like that. I know you've seen pictures of them. And, um. You know, I guess I've always thought like when someone's making a car or designing a car like in 2020 right now, I wonder if it was me, my my mentality would be, well, I'm going to design a car that 50 years from now is going to be looked at like, whoa, the same way that we look at the old muscle cars, right? Because they just, again, they were built to last, same idea. But they just had a look to them. They just had this thing that was a. They were classics, and they're very recognizable. And it seems like, and I don't want to take away from what people do nowadays, right? But a lot of vehicles and things like that just don't have that staying power. It seems like in our minds, just like 
homes do, right? I mean, you look at a classic home. Uh, you know, here we have Victorian type homes. I know there's Victorian homes also in the UK, uh, and they have a look to them. They're absolutely pristine, right? And in, in my opinion, you could take an exact duplicate, like, like you know, draw up an exact model, you know, you know, of 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 of, of an old Victorian home. You could look at one and say, okay, this home is from like 1849, and I'm going to make an exact duplicate of it. I'm going to do it right down, to, right down to the woods they used, right? Mm-hmm. My opinion is that if you did that, you build them right next door to each other, right? That old Victorian, the original one, would still have a look to it that you can't put your finger on. It just has that look. It has that feel. It has that aura about it. I don't think we have that touch nowadays as people that our our ancestors did back in those days, especially in the UK, when they built things. It's I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take us too far in the weeds, but I think it does play into all the haunting stuff too, is that these structures, as I said, create an environment. And, you know, what you said a minute ago, David, sitting there going, man, I'm looking at a picture of my house from like over 100 years ago. And that's the room I'm laying in right now. And what the hell happened here? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, I mean, we all, I I live, I have a house and I often wonder like what's happened in this house before I lived here. Cause when I looked at it, I'm like, well, it's a house and I like it and it has the stuff that I want. I'm going to move into it, you know? And then, and then I built it and made it, made it into a home, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my home now. But before that, it was just a house. It was just a shell. Right. So, you know, that whole thing generationally or when you have people moving in out of a structure, you're having all these different impressions being put, you know, on that environment. I'm talking about the house, the home. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Obviously, that leads us into ideas of residual type hauntings, especially. Um, Have you seen anything in your house, if I may ask? Uh, I haven't personally. No, Uh, my previous flat, though. Uh, well, I lived in I think, about two years ago. Uh, I had a friend. She used to stay over, and she said she sort of saw things and and that. And that was again. It was built in eighteen ninety-five. So, but uh, I personally haven't. No, I, I have been in houses where I felt an atmosphere and I felt something. I can't quite. I can't quite define it, but there's just been a kind of a uh, something just. Uh, usually, usually it's not a happy place. You can sense it. Yeah, yeah. With a lot of houses, you can have this feeling about them. I don't know if it's an energy or because I mean, I'm assuming when you know bad things happen, and you know, I'm assuming it leaves an imprint. I, I don't know. These are just obviously theoretical and just my ideas. But I'm assuming it leaves an imprint in the in the area or something. I don't know because you you can usually uh, yeah kind of sense something. And I've been in sort of um uh, sort of old castles. And you can, and I've been in sort of the dungeon areas, and you can, you can sense something's happened. You know, you just know there's something there. Yeah. And uh, the UK's got plenty of them. Um, there's one night, there's one that was uh, in a place called Carlisle, and it was used it to house Scottish prisoners during a Jack, it was called the Jacobites. They were fighting for the kind of Catholic king at the time. And, yeah. Uh, and it was, they, they basically put in there, they put like 50 men in, you know, this tiny sort of cell, and like, obviously a lot of them had died, but you, you could just tell something, you didn't have to know the history, you could just tell something happened, yeah. so, yeah, I think there's loads of places like that, loads of them. Yeah, 
and I and I think when it comes to a, a home like that too, not everybody is going to experience something. I think that you know that comes to the person too. That's why this whole the whole question of what the paranormal is, and you know, even you know, you spend t- I spent twenty years talking about it now. Uh, it, it's still I still ask these same questions, like, well, you know, it's it has to be. I think the planets have to align a certain way. Mm-hmm. For someone to experience something, you have to maybe be in the right place at the right time, or maybe you have to be in the right mentality at the right place at the right time. I, I have no idea. But that idea of the energy of a room or a place, I mean, it's, I've been to plenty of places. I've been to people's homes where I walked in there and I'm like, you know, they're playing it up like, oh, this is the greatest place in the world. Everything's so yeah. happy. But there's <laughs> something going on. My gut's telling me, like, when I'm not here, Mm-hmm. There's something else happening here. You can just feel it. And I've I've had some pretty weird occurrences happen to me with people like that, where it's like, you know, you get you meet somebody, you hang out for a couple times, you just met the person, they're cool, and then after a while, you get to know what's really going on. You're like, oh mm-hmm. god, my my gut was right, and it happened to me a couple times where I'm like, you know what? When I walked in your house, the, I didn't say it to him, but I'm like, when I walked in that house the first time, I felt something that didn't feel right. You know, and I, I think it's no different than walking into a dungeon where you're 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 kind of front loaded knowing that, OK, I'm going into a dungeon. I'm pretty sure really heavy stuff happened here, <laughs> you know? mm. so, I mean, but you, you're still going to feel it the same way. I don't think it, it makes any difference. I think you're still going to feel that 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 presence that something happened there and there may be something left behind from that, too. Who knows? I couldn't tell you now. One thing too that you met, you mentioned was uh, like big history as far as large history. I mean, yeah, and I, I agree with that too. Like you know, ghosts. You know, a lot of times ghosts are always associated with like very famous historical occurrences, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, I mean, there. I mean, even if you get into into it, like like we have. There's all types of crazy hauntings that aren't big, you know, big popular ones that are in books and stuff like that. One you mentioned here, uh, again, local for you, is uh, you said there's a small cross on the road near where you work at, right? Mm-hmm. And it's apparently a site where they used to burn witches, uh, which obviously, yeah, that happened a lot in Scotland. How did you find out about that? It was actually just the, the local library. Uh, I was in, they just had a, a small exhibit about it, and it's and it's weird. I mean, it's obviously it's been it's obviously, it's probably a very ancient road at some point, but it's obviously been tarmacked and it's used by cars now. But they've still left up this small cross that's still there, and that's apparently where and it's a town called Ayr, which is where I work. Yeah, um, that's where they used to burn witches, and that, again, did you say that's quite common? I think uh, particular particularly in Scotland under James. Uh, you know, James V, I think. Yeah. Um, he was, I think he wrote Demonology, and it was a sort of tract and you know, witches and witchcraft. And uh, he was, um, I think Scotland was one of the highest rates of sort of burning witches at the time. Wow. It gets far higher than anywhere else. It was even higher in England. Um, and uh, I think every, almost every sort of medium sized town in Scotland has sort of a, I think a place called Dumfries, which is further down, which I think I mentioned the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. But there was a place they used to burn witches along the river. I think they burned like three witches and sort of one, you know, there was a kind of, it was quite a famous one. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, that's, that was quite common in Scotland at the time. Now, they, this cross is there, you mentioned, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Now, and, and everybody there knows what that cross I mean, as far as what it represents, like that's where like, everybody knows that's where they used to burn witches, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, it's maybe not caught. I mean, I, I don't think um, a lot of people will just walk by it. It's a, it's a small cross in the road. It's, it is quite small. But you'd probably just walk. If you didn't know, you'd probably walk by it. But again, it's it's quite a local, it's kind of local history. And it's, yeah. I think it's... Um, Quite important. I think people look at the big, you know, you look at the big history. You look at the, you know, you know, like say the wars and rebellions. But I think there's quite a lot of paranormal stuff happened locally. Yes, and I think that's important to sort of acknowledge and, and go out and find and stuff. Well, yeah, you know, and that's why I asked that because, um, you know, that's obviously not, a, you know, it's not a really great piece of history. I mean, no, I mean it's a great piece of history, but what I mean is it's kind of a dark, it's it's a dark yeah, time, yeah. right? And there's, I know there's some people that probably are like, oh my god, I don't want to know, about I don't want to hear about <laughs> that. Which, yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in history that you know I prefer. I'm like, oh my god, that's really that really sucked. You know, I mean, the Holocaust, Chernobyl, <laughs> those are just a couple <laughs> of them right there that you know I'm not really happy about, but they happen and they are what they are, and you can't. You can't, in my opinion, you know, you can't really erase that. It's already happened. It's a, it's in our timeline as, a, as a, you know, as, as a planet, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't want to go on any soapboxes, but it's something that that what you mentioned here got me thinking about that. Like you have a a very, 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 I mean, from what you're saying, a small monument that kind of represents what happened there, right? Uh, and it sounds like it's small enough that somebody could just come by and kick it over. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> is, is, is it that small, David? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've got the wrong idea. It's just it's a cross or actually it's actually embedded in the road. It's not like oh, one, okay, like standing up right. So it's like, but that that was still the site of where the the witch bombings happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you could you could you could go by it. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it was there. Yeah, um, well, so, but, but no, no one's defaced it. No one's tried to re- remove it. It's just it's just still there, right? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of amazes me. Because you know, and I mean, I have my opinions on this thing, and I mean, I'm not trying to get, uh, I'm not trying to go political with this thing, but you know, here in the states, we have there's a movement of people that just want to erase our history, you know, and yeah, a lot of it. There's a lot of stuff that happened in American history. Yeah, I don't, I think it's, I think it's horrendous. It's, it's an abomination. It's terrible, uh, but it happened, right? And there's yeah, there's yeah. monuments that kind of. Maybe maybe point that out, like, well, this is what happened here, and it was crappy, yeah, and it happened. Totally, I mean, totally. I mean, I think it's like you're saying these things are, uh, are terrible. I know it's a, is it to remove statues and stuff in America, like Confederate statues. Yeah, and yeah, kind of thing, yeah, 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 yeah. It's obviously terrible stuff, but I think it's better to keep these things. And same in Britain, there's um in Glasgow, um, in Scotland, there's a uh, statues of sort of politicians and. And they're involved in the slave trade, and you know, and that's. Um, but I think it's more important to keep these things in place to tell people like, why it was wrong. That this is why this is what happened in the past. This is why it was wrong now. Yeah, I guess it's a harder job to do that rather than just erasing it, as you say. It's happened, but I think you have to explain these things to people and see yeah. why it should never happen again. And yeah, yeah, and you can't do that if there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. It's like. And I'm trying, you know, I look, I'm as fair as they come when it comes to, you know, hearing what people have to say about, you know, an opinion. Right. And that's one of the ones I'm watching happen around me that every day people are going to places and destroying monuments. Just just go in there and just destroying monuments or spray painting them or whatever it may be. And, yeah, I'm going, well, you know, like I think what you just said is the right is really hits the nail on the head, David. I think it's harder to leave that there. And say, okay, this is so this this statue here represents this thing, right? That was a part maybe of slave trading, right? Completely ridiculous, horrible thing. It's a real nasty spot on our history, and it's an embarrassment. But you know what? We're owning it here. We're leaving this thing up, and we're going to tell you what this thing represents and why it's wrong, right? That's a lot more difficult than saying, let's just tear it down. 
I mean, let's just tear it down. And I mean, I see the merit in both sides, to be honest with you. But to me, it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems a bit real knee jerky to just start tearing things down because you're angry about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's also, I mean, I think these things will outlive. I think our, our monuments or sort of artifacts, you know, I think they'll outlive us as well. I mean, they will outlive us. Well, yeah. That, that'll, yeah. that'll be all that's left one day. And I think you have to explain why these things exist. And, you know, it's, as you say, it's a. Uh, yeah. Or when the aliens, just... now the aliens come and they say there's nothing left of us anymore and all we do have is monuments. They're going to be like, okay, what's well, this, <laughs> this guy with the hat with the horse? <laughs> what, what is this supposed to represent? But no, it's it's interesting to hear that. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go all the way down in the weeds on that. But when you mentioned that, that kind of triggered that. I mean, like, wow, okay, so witch burning, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> that's not, that's, that's not, that's pretty gross. You know, it's, it's a, it's a dark spot. But, you know, it's still acknowledged, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of cool, especially something that's so fringe and weird like that, too. A lot of people, even, even on the political, you know, taking out the political ideas of that, right, just the idea that people would even, you know, kind of say, well, this is kind of a weird thing, and people thought there was actually witches. <laughs> you know? Yes. And we, and we burned I mean, them. And again, uh, I've talked, go back to haunted Britain. I mean, I think yeah. the last person in Britain tried for witchcraft was, in, I think it was 1944, Wow! Really? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a lady called what was her name? Uh, it was a lady called Helen Duncan. Yeah. And I think she she was a clairvoyant medium type person, and I think she she allegedly spoke to uh, or communicated with a, a a dead crewman in some uh, British battleship. Yeah. Wow. So, but it wasn't leaked to the public at the time. No kidding. So yeah, no, but yeah, apparently, apparently. So that was she was tried under some witchcraft law, which goes back goes back to seventeen forty five. I was gonna say, well, nineteen forty four is not too long ago. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I, I'm assuming. I think it was that kind of wartime thing. I think Britain was a bit paranoid and a bit kind of uh, yes. the time for obvious reasons. But yeah. no, that that was the last person tried for witchcraft. Apparently, um, so and even yeah. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, even I mean, even there was. Even at the kind of turn of the century, there was still sort of like, um, and I was reading, I think it was the the fourteen times, and uh, there was there was a sort of people, there was a man, I think he was in England somewhere, he could like, allegedly look at machinery and it would stop working. He was like a warlock, and this was like the, you know, even even late Victorian times, this was still lingering on this idea of witchcraft and. So, which which again is is what? pretty close to the future. Well, obviously, you know, I mean. And I, so, I, I'm not, I, I should say, so in, in rural areas, in urban areas, it wasn't quite as bad. But partly in rural areas, there was still so this, you know, idea of witchcraft and that kind of thing. So, well, I mean, obviously, I think Christian, and I, and, I, and I'm not coming at the attack on this in any way whatsoever, right? I'm just saying, I'm just putting this out there. It seems like cause my question is, okay, people were the, the whole witchcraft thing. People were obviously being burnt. We've discussed that. It seems to me that Christianity was a big part in that. Like this is, you know, anybody who didn't adhere to the policy of Christianity at the time, they were the ones that, you know, they were the, you were more or less just called a witch then from what I understand. I mean, it seems like that's where this was coming from and that's why people were punished the way they were. Am I correct? Yeah, I think it was um I think it was usually kind of obviously single older women who were sort of, you know, kind of an outskirts of society as well. Yeah. Very easily attacked. I think a lot of times there was financial reasons for doing it because they might have been widow, uh, widows, sorry. 
so yeah, I, I think there was a lot of motives behind these things, other than witchcraft. I think it was just. Uh, well, yeah, there was probably know, some you know. stuff under the under the you know if you yeah, peel the onion yeah. back, there was probably some real real nefarious stuff going on. The real witches were the ones that were burning the witches, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a real evil. Essentially, I think was uh, yeah, burning people alive and. So. Yeah, well, and these were people. Yeah, they may have had something to gain from this. You know, like you said, po- you know, political gain, monetary gain. Uh, yeah, and and that's the thing. Is, that's the thing about history too. Is that stuff just falls into history, and the people who were responsible for that get to write the history, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll never really ever know. And I'm not saying that was every case, but I, hey, you know what? I'm open minded. Maybe some. Maybe one of them really was a witch. Maybe one of them really was had a cauldron in her living room and sat there and turned it with her other witchy friends. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know. I am, and I'm. I'm not making light of it, but. Maybe there really was a couple of witches that they burned that maybe and maybe they were trying to do evil stuff. I, I'm I'm open minded enough to acknowledge that. But I think personally, the vast majority were people like you said, maybe they are people that didn't adhere to the to the, the the beliefs that people had. Maybe they had different ideas or maybe they were single older women or just single women at that. And well, you're weird. You're single. I mean, yeah. you still that's yeah. still it's something today, you know. Even in American culture is, you know, you meet somebody in their 40s or 50s that's single. They're like, you're like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, see me, I think we call them spinsters. I don't know if you just have that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we have still, that yeah. yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the first thing that you, that comes to mind, though, that we've been programmed to think that way about people is, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. if you're not married or, you know, have a have a significant other at that point in your life, then there's obviously something wrong with you. And the, and the simple fact of the matter, in my opinion, is with that is just simply some people are better alone. Some people are better on their own. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with them. They just have a different, they're wired differently. You know, uh, does that make them a witch? Absolutely not. <laughs> they're not <laughs> witches, man. Come on. So it's interesting to hear about that. Now, um, you mentioned also literary connections here. Uh, you mentioned the birthplace of mo- of the modern ghost story, M.R. James Daniel Defoe. Tell me, can you, t- I mean, I'm kind of coming into this one cold here because I didn't get to that one to like really look into it. Uh, let's talk about that though. Can we get into that a little bit? Yeah, I just think yeah, I think it was um uh, he's he's known as the the sort of first person to write the, the modern ghost story. But I think ghost stories go way back in British history and, and you know you know, even further than that. Yeah. And sort of uh, to the ancient times. I think even the first Gothic novel uh, was kind of I think it was called The Castle of Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole. It was uh, it's recognised as the first a Gothic novel. Yeah. Um and I guess what you what you're seeing in there about the kind of architecture, like I don't think there's probably a reason why Gothic novels and stuff, you know, they're not set in more, kind of modern era. It's sort of old buildings, old crumbling buildings. You, you know, you couldn't really have a a ghost haunting a, a modern office block and writing a story about it. It just wouldn't really, no, <laughs> it wouldn't when, really jail. I don't think it, it don't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. No, no, it has, it has to have a certain age to it. I think doesn't it? Well, you know, but the thing about that, though, too, just just to kind of look at both sides of it, uh, David, I I've heard we've talked to people that have, I mean, new construction homes. I mean, a new construction house here, right? Which they can crank out a house here in the states. They can they can build a you know a, a nineteen bedroom, fifteen story house. It seems like literally overnight, they're gonna have a house built up. And we've talked to certain people that have experienced some very strange stuff 
right. in brand new homes. And I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the age no. factor here in any way whatsoever. Frankly, I think that's a very, as I've already said, I think it's a very strong component when it comes to hauntings. But I mean, maybe it is just the place you, you know you you build on too. Maybe you know I don't know. I, I really I I can't really go get. I can't think of any really crazy details about that. But I have heard about people experiencing this stuff in brand like brand new houses, which I find really weird. Right. Yeah, yeah. That just, that just. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. De- I didn't mean to uproot no, you. No, no. But, but I, I think that's an interesting idea with this though too. But really, it. I mean, the, 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 we keep me- and we've been mentioning this over and over again in this conversation. It's just that that there, there's. It's all this history stuff, right? Uh, and you're talking about uh, 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 James Daniel Defoe, uh, as far as the, the the modern ghost story, and it's a, it's a matter of history also, I think too. I mean, how, how God, I mean, you know, I, and I, again, this is one of the ones I couldn't get to in my research on this thing. Uh, how many stories do you know? How many stories he actually wrote? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this guy up because I never really read any of his work. M.R. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wrote, he wrote uh, a good few, mostly short stories, um, but he, he wrote, a, he wrote a, a good few of them. I've got a book of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think he used to he used to read them out. He used to be, I think, he, I think it was either Cambridge or Oxford. He was a professor of sort of classical antiquity and, and sort of like that kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he would, he would read them on Christmas Eve. But, um, and, and, and also in Britain, a lot of times they were adapted into... Um, TV shows as well in the UK, so that's probably how a lot of people in the UK would know him. Maybe not necessarily the books, but uh, but yeah, yeah he's, he's a very kind of famous, a famous author, I think. You mentioned the <laughs> modern. Sure. You mentioned this idea of the modern ghost story, right? And I, and I you know, again, I'm just kind of just, I have, I have weird ideas, <laughs> I guess. Uh, the I'm wondering what the what like to you what the what what represents the modern ghost story to you, David. Uh, I think I think ghosts have sort of um, to me it'd be like a story of revenge almost or I think a lot of M.R. James' stories were about a sort of more ancient us intruding in a more ancient sort of ghost yeah again which I think I suppose again I think that fits in quite well with the UK um, and that's what we're talking about yeah you know, totally sort of, yeah uh, more ancient Spectres, ghosts, hauntings, and we sort of like. We just, I think a lot of his books revolve around disturbing an ancient artifact or something. Yeah, which has you know been buried and and someone discovers it and then you know something happens with that. So again, that's obviously with Britain's history. That's uh, kind of quite a good link with that thing. So yeah, that's my idea of a sort of modern modern ghost story. Yeah, you know, to me, I, you know, the modern ghost story. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the you mentioned the idea of revenge. But I think, you know, to me, the modern ghost story has always been this thing where and it's it really is like, at least here in the States, it's it, it can almost borderline cliche where we have like the ghost of Morrow Road here, which is one of my favorite legends, which is they say that uh, the story behind that was uh, this woman uh gave birth to a child and she wasn't supposed to give birth to the child, basically. So out of guilt. Uh, she more or less, you know, murdered her child and then she realized she made a mistake. So she committed suicide herself. And the story now is that you see a woman who, uh, will roam the roads back in this area where Morrow roads at looking for her child, right? Which is pretty heavy. 
that's a pretty heavy idea. It's a pretty emotional idea. The other part of that too, which I found if you if you spend a lot of years studying this stuff, it's one of those legends where if you pull up and honk your horn, I think it's like something like honk your horn three times on your car or flash your lights, you're supposed to see something like a like a ball of energy coming at your windshield, right? And they say it actually comes in your car. So the thing about that is like as far as modern ghost stories that right there is a very modern ghost story here in the states because i've seen that same thing like the honk your horn a couple you know three times thing mm-hmm. in several different stories like totally unrelated stories right now are they made up i don't know i i maybe i think we could both agree david that there may be a lot of embellishments because the story's been told over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again over history, but it has to root from something that there is some type of truth, I think, right? Uh, and to me, that is kind of the modern ghost story right there. The other, the other idea, I think, on the modern ghost story, too, is uh, the, the classic lover one, I, I think, is great. You know, you always have mm-hmm. the one way, you know, where the, the lover is traveling across like a cemetery. Like we have legends like that here. Like on this day, so-and-so will travel across a cemetery to meet with her lover. And if you stand here at this time, you know, on this day at this time, you will be able to see this person, right? That's another one, too. I think really a lot of ghost stories, they're just tied to that high emotional thing, Right. As far as the modern ones we're talking about. Uh, but I think those ones I mentioned too, excuse me, at least coming from me, those are the ones that seem like they, you know, I, and I, you see similar stories. And again, I'm not saying that to say, well, these are all fake, but you see, you start drawing lines basically between the stories you hear that like unrelated ones here, at least separate stories from different locations. At least that's what I'm saying. Right. It's an interesting, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to actually study. Uh, now you mentioned also too, uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny. I was just talking about this, but you know, as far as the modern ghost stories concerned, how it, it was, it, it was exported to the U S with British and other Euro- European settlers. Let's tell me all about this. Tell me about this idea. As far as the modern ghost stories concerned. Well, it's it's probably more probably very modern. It's, I was thinking also about cinema. Uh, okay, I think just an example. Now, I think a lot of films now, like the ghost stories in particular, it's the they're all set in the the sort of new world. Yeah, uh, and I think there's there's very few I can think of that are are now films that are set in the UK in particular about ghosts. I can't like, nothing modern. I think the only one I can think of was the Enfield Haunting. Yeah, yeah, it was one, yeah. Of, one of the one of the Conjuring films, if I remember rightly. And it's, Correct. it was also a very famous haunting and down in down in London. Yeah. Very well documented. But yeah, there's a sort of idea now that ghosts only exist over over the over the Atlantic almost and they aren't really it's here it. anymore, which isn't isn't true. But uh, yeah. I, guess, I think from Hollywood's point of view it's it certainly is. That's See, because it seems like with, it seems like there's a new one coming out every week here in the states, uh, as far as like a ghost, like a horror story, a ghost suspense story, whatever you want to call it. Uh, especially with you know now with the advent of streaming services, there's all types of different films you can watch. It isn't just a big big box office one. So it seems like there's always some type of uh, you know, like you said, like ghost story. Uh, you know, as far as a movie's concerned. Uh, to the point, honestly, where I'm kind of like going, oh my god, I've had enough of this crap. <laughs> I, I mean, and I like, I like, you know, I I know I love stuff like that. I mean, I you know, I grew up on, you know, the, well, I mean, the thing to me, the problem with that is, I know you've seen Poltergeist before, right, David? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I've said this about a lot of different forms of art, but I'll say it about about the 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 like the 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 ghost story. 
a supernatural type film. Uh, Poltergeist to me, I think, ruined it for all the other films <laughs> because it's just that good. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it, Poltergeist was so amazing. It holds up today with those with those old special effects they used back in those days. It just looked that good that it holds up. So it's hard to really match up to that. So when I see uh, like another film being made, it's like, well, it's about it's about a you know a haunting and stuff like that. I'm like, well, yeah, but I've seen Poltergeist. <laughs> it's just that good. I mean, you're not going to really ever get any better than that. But yeah, we always here in the states, there's tons and tons and tons of of movies of that sort. It seems like you know whether they're independent films. And you're saying that in the in the UK, you don't really see too much of that anymore. Well, we we see a lot of um, it. Looks like a lot of it's uh, American sort of horror film, but it's the idea that I think they you only get. Just it's all, they're all they're all from the US. We don't have any sort of there's not many indigenous sort of local yeah. or British sort of horror films that I see anymore. It is mostly big US releases. Uh, so I don't know even if I'm, if I'm making anything or it's, uh, it's so anymore. bizarre to me because it seems like with all the history there and all the stories, it it would be a, a treasure trove for someone who wanted to produce something or write a story around something. It seems like it would be. I wouldn't say it would be easy, but it wouldn't be that difficult. I don't think. No, I mean sometimes the BBC does quite good uh, adaptations and stories of their own, but again they're just obviously kind of for a kind of British audience. Uh, but I suppose I suppose they do do some, but they, they don't tend to go international. They yeah, tend to get some American shows over here. Because here, I mean here, I mean the paranormal in general. I mean it, whether it's reality TV or. Or, or streaming media, or YouTube channels. I mean, it's just, it's insanity over here. There's so much stuff going on when it comes to people producing content, let's say, right? Because you don't really make, everything's called content now. I don't think there really is, I'm going to make a movie. No, I'm making content for something. Right? <laughs> I mean, so it's all content now, whether it's a, whether it's a feature-length film, a documentary, a short documentary uh a thing for your youtube channel but people across the board when it comes to ghost stories uh, anything like that it's it's happening here it's all around us it's completely insane i don't even want to talk about the podcasts <laughs> there's millions of podcasts too so i know i'm kind of taking it outside of the the you know the the classic ghost story film type thing but it all to me is related but it's just uh i think what i was just Doing research for this, I think there's a, in British history there's a lot of ideas of like divine providence sort of saving the nation as well. Because I was looking about the Spanish Armada, which was a, okay. an invasion fleet that was obviously from Spain. It was going to invade England, and and there's the, um, the idea that that God intervened. Uh, I think there was, there was a quote from a medal. They, it was 1588, I think, and it was saying, "You know, God blew His wind, and they were scattered." You know, referring to the the Armada and even Dunkirk. Yeah, I think it was seen as a sort of um, a sort of deliverance. Of, you know, again, I think because uh, it was quite calm seas and they evacuated the British soldiers. Yeah, uh, and also the Angel of Mons in World War One. You know, that kind of yeah, allegedly yeah. the sort of apparitions that saved the sort of you know the cover of the British retreat. Uh, the Battle of Mons and that, yeah. So I just find that interesting. There's a sort of this, it's kind of throughout parts of our history. Yeah, you know, there's been, uh, like ghosts have intervened, or you know, like you know, providence and stuff. So yeah, that was wow. just, just an interesting aspect. I thought, it, and those are interesting aspects because we didn't even, yeah, the whole war thing. We could go into that for, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's that that I mean, and that's just another one of. I mean, as far as war is concerned, yeah. I mean. I've heard of plenty of occurrences with that also. And it's just, again, it's, it's, well, there's the history aspect, but there's also just what happened in those places. I mean, we've been to Gettysburg a bunch of times here in the States and, uh, 
you know, you go there, you hear about the history. And I mean, I said, I mentioned this uh, probably earlier too. I mean, yeah, I think like a lot of kids, I mean, history just wasn't my thing when I was growing up. It bored me half to death. And I think history is for someone, history is an older man or older person's game, right? I mean, it's when you get older, I think you have a certain mentality you get into where you start to appreciate things like that and really mm-hmm. and really start to acknowledge them. So yeah, I think you appreciate your sense of place more, don't you, and where you came from. Yeah, and that yeah. Kind of thing. Well, because I think the older you get, right, you start you start asking those questions a lot more. Like, well, okay, so you know, when I when when my parents were twenty years old, they owned a house, <laughs> and now I'm twenty years old, and I can barely keep the insurance paid for <laughs> on my my rust bucket that I'm, you know, and I mean, and those are things you worry about when you're younger. But, you know, as you go along, yeah, I think you start to look at your place and wonder, you know, what you're doing here, especially when it comes to history. Right. And, you know, where you're at and, well, this is the greatest it's ever going to get. Well, no, it may get better. Who knows? Or maybe it gets worse. I don't know. Uh, But I think, yeah, in relation to studying history itself, I think that, yeah, it's stemming from those ideas, David. That's where you um, start to really appreciate it. I know like I did. And going over to Gettysburg and spending time there and looking at a plaque that says, hey, man, uh, like 5,000 people where you're standing right here um, got hit by, you know, battery blasts and they were all ripped apart. And it's like, okay, I stubbed my toe the other day and I screamed my head off. (laughs) I mean, and these people were literally just blown up. (laughs) <laughs> they were just blown up uh, um, or they or they were injured. I mean, as far as like, you know, wars of that time, I mean, they don't it wasn't surgical like it is now. No, uh, I get it. an injury was death, wasn't it, essentially? I yeah, it yeah, yeah. If you were shot or you were, you know, you lost a limb. Yeah, you were you, you weren't going to go and get repaired and, you know, be put on leave and go home. You died because you didn't. They didn't have helicopters and stuff like that. Then I'm sorry. Um, so it really was a different time. And that's when I think, and I don't care where you're at in the world when it comes to that. If you look at something like that, when it comes to our history, where we're at, we're like where we're at right now presently, and we look back on our history, and you look at things like that, I think if you are a rational person with a conscience, you're going to look at that and go, man, you know what? I'm very humbled right now mm-hmm. because I got it pretty good. I, I, you know, I don't have to, I didn't have to deal with this kind of crap growing up myself. I mean, I went to school, you know? <laughs> so I think it's those things that, yeah, that is what makes history so cool now. And it also, you know, when you're studying the paranormal, it just becomes a very fundamental component of it. And it's obviously a fundamental component of, of the UK also and Scotland where you're at, David. And this has been fascinating talking to you about this stuff, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Oh, just, uh, just one more thing. I just yeah, I thought yeah. it was kind of humorous. You know, the British are famous for their stiff upper lip and, you know, they keep calm and carry on. Well, I was kind of thinking, you know, we're not prone to superstitious beliefs, probably, but so when something does happen, you yeah. know, it's kind of real, that, that kind of aspect. Thank you so much, man. I really, I really, really appreciate you coming and joining us again. This was super cool, uh, and I'd love to do it again sometime. I'm sorry Amber couldn't be here today. She got she got called to work. Uh, hopefully we can have her here next time, but thank you so much. This has been so interesting, David. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for letting me talk about these things. Don't often get a chance to, to do that, frankly, so it's always nice to have a chat about these. Of issues and paranormal and hauntings and that kind of thing. Ghostly talk! <laughs>